Everybody, welcome to This Good Word, episode 118. My name's Steve, and the word this week is start. In this episode, I want to help you get started on that idea that you've been dreaming about doing, but you haven't gotten around to it yet. I want to help you move it from your mind to the page, or to the big screen, or to the business world, or on Etsy. Whatever it is that you have been dreaming about doing, but for whatever reason, it hasn't happened yet. There's lots of great reasons. You have too many kids. Your job is too demanding. Uh, It's never been done before, or you've never done it before. You've tried before, and you've failed at it. Whatever it is that is stopping you from doing this, I want to ask five questions. And this is one, honestly, where I might encourage you, if you're out for a run right now or you're driving right now, I actually might encourage you to stop the podcast and listen to it when you can be sitting down with some paper and a pen out in front of you, or maybe your laptop or your phone or somewhere where you can take some notes. This is one where I think if it if it does what it can do and what I hope it does, it's going to inspire you and help you focus your idea into something that actually might make it into reality. Now, who knows what the results are going to be? You know, half the time we have no real uh, influence over, you know, what the results are. Uh, So who knows what the results are? Don't even worry about that yet. What we're going to worry about now is helping you focus that idea so that it's really, really clear and so that it's compelling, at least to you. Because if it's not compelling to you, it's not going to be compelling to anyone else. So, um, So five questions. Question number one, what is your idea? And these questions are the questions that I would ask you if we had a couple hours to sit down with some coffee. These would be the questions that I would want to ask you, and I really would be looking for your answers. Uh, So again, question number one, what's your idea? Maybe you want to write a book, or maybe you want to create a podcast. Maybe you want to start a church. Maybe you want to make a nonprofit, or maybe you want to design a piece of technology. Maybe you want to create a film or do a piece of art. Maybe your idea has to do with fashion. Uh, I don't know what it is, but whatever your idea is, I, w- I would want to hear all about it. And what I'd be looking for is I'd be looking for energy. I'd be looking for where your eyes sparkle. I'd be looking for where uh, your uh, brain is moving too fast for your mouth to follow. I'd be looking for animation and your hands sort of moving around quick. I would be looking for phrases like, oh my gosh, can you imagine if this were in the world? Um, So uh, I want to ask you, 
Like as if we're sitting down face to face, tell me about your idea. What is it that you really want to do? And the chances are that you're close if you feel a little embarrassed or ashamed to say it out loud. Uh, so I would be pushing, pushing, pushing you to get, get to, to say that thing. Because probably the first thing you're going to say is the safe thing. The first thing you're going to say is, you know, close to the thing that you really want to do. But it isn't really, really the thing. So, um, like, you know, uh, some of my friends just bought a Tesla. And it's going to take about two years for them to get it. And my son Isaac is so into cars right now. And he was talking to them. And he goes, Dad, do you realize that their car is going to be self-driving? And I was like, yeah, man, isn't that wild? I mean, there are, like, there's the technology is out there to have self-driving cars. And he was like, yeah, you know, they told me that by the time I'm grown up and have kids, like, everybody's cars will be self-driving. And I'm like, what, man, what do you think about that? And he said, man, I think that is so amazing. Well, at some point... Uh, Elon Musk or whoever it was over there at Tesla sitting around a table or maybe in an airplane or maybe on a walk said, man, I think we can really do this. Like I, I, I think self-driving cars, I think we can really make it happen. And you can imagine the kind of people that said, nah, man, yeah, you know, I bet we can do the technology, but we're never going to be able to get it out there to consumers at at prices where they can afford it, you know, uh, sure we can build it, but it's going to cost, you know, $300,000 per car. And we just like, no one's, no one's going to spend that money. Well, maybe a few really, really rich people will, uh, or, you know, maybe people said like, man, people like driving their cars. I mean, in general, you know, even on long trips, like they drive them and then they take a break, but, um, people like driving them, like, like people like their cars. So there's going to be all these different, um, you know, uh, reasons why you shouldn't do that thing that really you want to do that, that, that thing that you're almost embarrassed to admit, uh, that, that thing that you feel sort of bashful. Cause once you say it out loud to someone, then it's, it's real, right? So I have a friend named Sarah and she <clears throat> was a therapist for a lot of years, but she always dreamed about starting her own business and now, now her, what her business is, is it's really clear and it's really cool. She helps super busy moms, super busy moms of young kids create a life that they actually like. Because she got, she like, you know, she's a mom and she noticed just all the different moms that she would talk to. It's like they hated their life. Their life was so crazy. It was out of control. And, you know, like people were putting a gun to their head in order to live their life. And she had some skills in, in therapy and she had some skills in organization and she had some skills in listening to people. And so uh, every once in a while I will see on her Instagram feed, it'll be just like like a little picture of her. And then, you know, her saying like there was days where I dreamed about being my own boss and now I am. So it, it took a while, uh, it, but she had a clear idea. I want to help moms love their life. 
Isn't that a great idea? I mean, I love that idea. And then she had to really work it through. Uh, so, um, you know, I started a church about three and a half years ago and, um, my idea was to start a church where we really would help people see the thing that's buried inside of them that needs to come to life. We called those things seeds. We wanted to help people discover their seeds of life, which is buried inside of them and then call it out of them so that they can walk into brand new beginnings. And um, that felt idealistic. That felt a little outside of the box for church. But the more I started really sharing my real idea, like, and I remember there were a few times where someone said, what do you wanna do? And I felt a little too bashful to really share that idea because it sounded too idealistic. And, um, and, and then I kind of cheated and said, well, you know, I want to start a church, you know, for these kinds of people. And they weren't inspired at all because I wasn't inspired at all. So you're, you, you need to work on your answer here until you are at the thing that really you want to do. Right. And that leads to the next question. Question number two, I would want to ask you this. Once I've heard your idea, I would want to take it a step further by asking you, why do you have to do it like what is it about this idea that if you don't do it something inside of you will either explode and make a big mess or something inside of you will die i'll never forget um, when i decided to start this church i was working at a different church and uh, i was going through this I, I i was i had about a year where i was having conversations with different people at the church about my role because I had some, I, I, I really was, um, gosh, I, I felt unfulfilled. And like there was this nagging uh, impulse that I had that I was, that I was missing something. And on paper, I love the people I work with. I love the church that I worked at. Um, and so there, it didn't really make a lot of sense. But I had to follow that impulse. I had to follow that nagging doubt that there was something I was missing. I had to really plumb that one down. And when I got to the bottom, the answer was really hard to admit. And the answer was, it was time for me to be a point leader, to be the main preacher and to be um, the main leader to create the kind of culture that I wanted to create, that I described a couple minutes ago about the new beginnings. Um, and I remember people asking me, well, why can't you do that here? And that's a fantastic question. But it's a naive question because uh, every culture has a culture. <laughs> that's super obvious. And the things that I wanted to do um, I needed to create it. I needed to. I needed for it to be at that embryonic stage, where at the very beginning I got to spill all kinds of DNA. I got to fertilize it with all kinds of DNA about what it would mean to do new beginnings. And so there was this. There was this conversation I was having with this life coach, and I was preparing for another conversation that I was going to have with. Um, with uh, some of the leaders at, at, at the church uh, the next day. 
and I was talking and then this life coach said, okay, yeah, you know, I think you're ready. I, I think you need to tell him. And I said, tell him what? And she said, well, that you're going to start this church, that, that, that you need to go do that. And I was like, no, I'm not, I'm not ready to do that. That's crazy. And then she said, well, then every single thing you were telling me for the last hour is a lie. Because where I'm, where I'm sitting, you absolutely, like you, you, you have to do this. And to do anything else would be really sacrificing your true self. That's what I'm seeing. Now, I might be wrong. But that's really what I'm seeing. So I had to head into a conversation the next day with um, a person from the board and my senior pastor, both of whom I had loved and respected. And I had to tell them, you know what, man, I got to do this. I can't not do it. And they were very gracious. And we, uh, over the next couple of months, we um, made a plan for when I was going to leave that church. And uh, when I was going to start something else, and man, that that cost me something. People um, were expecting me to stay at that church, and I thought I was going to stay. I loved that church. I thought I was going to stay there forever. And so there was lots of conversations I needed to have, and there were some people that really got it and really understood. Other people that didn't get it and didn't understand, but I just knew that that life coach was right. Once I saw that it was really time for me to lead and preach, like once I saw that, I couldn't unsee it. The problem was, though, is it felt so selfish, you know, especially in this kind of, not kind of, especially in this Christian environment where you're supposed to be uber patient, where you're never supposed to grasp for anything, you're never supposed to have any ambition. And I believe that grasping for things sometimes is the absolute wrong thing to do and ambition can kill you. But I was, I also, I remember meeting with this other senior pastor and telling, and, and telling him, I feel selfish. And I feel like this can't be right that I feel this strongly about wanting to be a leader. And he goes, okay, two, two questions. One, um, you're probably going to leave this church at, at some point. Let's, 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 let's imagine you got fired from that church. Would you be satisfied at your next job being the associate pastor again? And I had an immediate answer. It was just no. And he's like, okay. Second question. Do you think that the Apostle Paul maybe had some ambition? <laughs> like, do you think maybe part of what helped him start all those churches is that he had a drive in him that he had to do it? And these are these were two questions of about a million that helped me to understand I, I had to do this. I had to start this church. So now, um, you know, now it's three and a half years old and it is a reality. And it's been hard and beautiful. But this last Sunday, we, we had one of our most fun Sundays to date. And some of the staff were texting back and forth afterwards. And I was like, man, I, you know, I, this is part of why I had to do this. I, I had to create an environment, a culture where creativity and new beginnings could spring up, where it looked like things were dead. And I needed to be the leader of that. And, I, you know, again, th that it's I, I still sometimes struggle with Did it. Did, was it too self? Maybe it was selfish, but I had to do it. So what's your idea 
Why do you have to do it? The third question I would really want to ask you is this. Who will it delight once it's out there? Who is it that it will delight once it's out there? So, you know, I've written two books. Uh, the first one is called Beginnings, The First Seven Days of the Rest of Your Life. The second one just came out a couple months ago. It's called Whole, uh, Restoring What's Broken in Me, You, and the Entire World. And um, I was having dinner uh, at a place in downtown Minneapolis with two of my dear friends. I went to college with these guys, so I've known them for 28 years. I mean, it's been a long, long time. And they were talking to me about the process of writing, and they were asking me some really deep questions. And they said, you know, are you working on a third book? And, and I said, well, yeah, I mean, I have this idea for it. And then they said, okay, tell me your idea. And I started getting really animated about this idea. And I'm, I am actually very excited about it. And they asked me this question, like, like who, who do you think needs to read that book? And immediately I, I told them the answer and it was really clear. I mean, like why I wanted to write to this specific group of people uh, and why I was passionate about it, why I felt like this particular group of people really might enjoy and be delighted by a book like this. And they were just like, oh my gosh, Steve, I, I'm, they, they, I, they just, they said, I'm resonating with that. We are resonating with that all the way down to our toes. One guy, even one of my friends even said, listen, I, you know, I don't know how this publishing thing works. I assume you got to, you know, write a proposal and get it out there. And, and I want you to do that. So try to, you know, I want you to try to try to get this thing published the traditional way, but, and then he stopped and he said, if you can't, then I want to financially back this thing. Like I, this book needs to get out there. And it was like, whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, it was one of those moments where um, I was, it, it was sacred. It felt sacred because I felt like I was really clear in my idea. Um, I was really clear on why I had to do it. And, but thirdly, I, I really wanted it, want it to delight a certain kind of person. I have that person in my mind. Um, I know who that person is in my mind. I've had real conversations with that kind of person many, many times. And so, you know, there you have it. Um, oh, I was talking to another friend who had this idea for this business that was going to be for runners, people who were runners and people who, you know, were involved in, in, in races. So pretty, pretty serious runners. Uh, but also, it, it, it would combine running coaching with eating well, you know, so running coaching with wholeness and, nu and nutrition. And as I began to plumb the idea, you know, just asking these, these questions, I, it was really clear, passionate, passionate, passionate about it, clear idea, clear vision of who it, who it was going to delight these runners that, you know, maybe wanted to take their nutrition a step further. Um, they wanted to take that really seriously. And it, it was so fun to talk uh, to this person about it. Uh, so uh, what's your idea? Why do you have to do it? Who will it delight? And then the next question that I would have for you is this. How are you going to create space to cultivate this idea? 
because ideas obviously don't just spring out of the ground on their own. When you have an idea, you need to put some time into it, into making it a reality. When I was starting this church, thank goodness, I the, the people at this church that I was leaving uh, gave me the great gift of, they said, okay, for the next two and a half months, they they kind of said, this is, this is when your end date is going to be here at this church because you got to have an end date. I mean, and, you know, in one level that terrified me because I, I felt like there was going to be maybe more time. Um, but they, they, they gave me, I mean, they were very generous. They gave me about two and a half months to, um, they said, we want you, there's a couple of different things we want you to, to, to do around here, but you don't have to come into the office. I want you to preach a couple more times. You don't need to come into the office you can spend the next two and a half months working on this new church. And it was a huge gift. I mean, an enormous gift. So um, I started putting a plan together with all these different people I was going to talk to. I, I started making this, this list on, um, on my phone of people. I, I would pray about it. God, who might you want to lead uh, to this church? <laughs> who are my people? And when people would start to go on the list, then I would make a phone call or shoot an email out and said, hey, and I would just throw out the idea. I'm, I'm starting this church. I'd like to talk to you about it. And man, I met with so many different people. But I had this conviction that because my idea felt really pretty personal, what I needed to do was meet with every single person and invite them personally. I, I, I didn't want it to be this you know, this, this, uh, like get, gather a hundred people in a room and then have people sign up. I wanted to sit across tables from people and hear their story. Let them see my eyes and hear my idea. Uh, let them get a picture of what the vision was and was going to be. And then I, I invited each of them and I made it super clear what, you know, them saying yes would mean. And I think it was inspiring. <laughs> I hope it was. Uh, and not everybody said yes, but man, a lot of people did. And I think it really was because I, I, was, I was really clear on what I was trying to do, why it was that I had to do it, who it was that I was uh, trying to delight. Uh, and it was people that, um, you know, it, so our, our church is it's about 300 people. It's not a big church. I realize that's bigger than some, but it's smaller than every single church I've ever uh, worked for beside one. And it has a liturgical feel to it. We follow the rhythms of the church calendar. Um, it's the sermons are, if you've ever heard any of my sermons at Genesis, they're extremely conversational. We kids speak up during the sermons, people in their sixties speak up. It's a conversation. It, it's just a different culture. And so, um, I, you know, I, I, I think it was pretty clear on who it was that, that we wanted to, um, invite, but then, uh, or delight, but then I, I, man, I really had to carve out the time I had to meet with these people, uh, you know, so at night I'd be working on spreadsheets with budgets and stuff like that. And in addition to asking people to be a part of it, I also had to sit down and ask people to give money to it. I had to sit down with churches and individuals. I had to do the same thing. And I just was really clear up front I, on the phone or through an email. I said, I'd, I'd really like to meet with you because I'm starting this church. 
And I'd like to invite you to consider uh, getting involved financially. Uh, I want to ask you to contribute to this. And so, um, and when I did, I remember one time I, I, th- I felt like I made it this big ask. I mean, uh, ask. <laughs> I felt like I made this big ask. And um, at the end of it, the person said, can I give you some feedback? And I'm like, of course. And their feedback was, um, you need to ask for more. <laughs> I was like, what? I feel like that, like I'm at, what I'm asking for is huge. They're like, no, it's, it's not that big. You need to ask for more. And that was a really, there's a growing edge for me. So, uh, and then I remember when I wrote my first book, Beginnings, I had three little kids. I mean, my kids were, that was about five years ago. So my kids were five, three and three. Right. Um, and I had a full-time job. So I woke up at 5 a.m. every single day and tried to write at least 500 words between 5 and 6 a.m. Sometimes I got a thousand scratched out. Um, and then every once in a while, Mary and I would talk and she would send me away to, you know, for three or four days where I could just write uh, up at my parents' cabin up in uh, Wisconsin. And um, I, I wrote my first book that way. I mean, I really did. It, 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 getting up at five wasn't the most favorite thing in the world, but once I sat down in that chair and started clicking the keyboard, I mean, it was really, really fun, but you, I mean, like if you don't have an idea of how you're going to create space to cultivate your idea, most of us don't have a ton of extra room, extra time, extra space. We actually need to, um, probably say no to some things we need to clear some things off of our schedule in order to do in order to cultivate this idea Uh, if you're an artist you need to you need to have a space where you can do your art where you're not going to be interrupted i mean that's just non-negotiable i have a friend whose wife is an artist and he built a shed in the backyard and that's where she paints and it's pretty cool. I mean, just that that was it was that important. So if, you, if you're a writer, you got to write, you got to figure out when is your time that you're going to write, maybe it's late at night, maybe it's early in the morning, maybe it's midday. But I mean, you have to do it. If you're going to uh, create a film, I mean, you got to get out and, and watch really inspiring movies, you got to be around people who are doing work that you can't do yet. So you can learn. You got to work with light and different lenses and different ideas. You got to just do a whole lot of work um, if you're going to do this film, right? And then another question in this, how are you going to create space, is who needs to sign off on this project? Like if you're married, if you have a husband uh, and you're thinking about doing this big thing, writing a book, doing a um, piece of art, starting a business, doing a nonprofit, whatever it is then like your partner, uh, your spouse, your, you know, whoever it is that it's going to, this is going to affect, uh, they got to sign off on that bad boy. You, 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 you actually can't just decide you're going to write a book or something. Uh, if it's going to take time, someone's going to have to sign off on it. So you're going to have to pitch them on your idea. You're going to have to convince them that, that, you know, Hey, this is going to take some, uh, some time. Um, my wife is doing a project right now that's going to take a couple years and we had to really talk about it, you know, uh, and she did a great job about kind of explaining to me what it was going to take for her and, and, uh, the ask 
that she was making of me. And it was, um, it was good. We, we talked a lot about it. Um, but that way there's no huge surprises. Like, of course there's some surprises, but it's not like, Hey, I've decided to do this. You're like, wait a minute. Um, that's going to require a whole lot from me that we didn't even talk about. So make sure someone's got to sign off on it. Uh, so what's your idea? Why do you have to do it? Who's it going to delight? How are you going to create space to cultivate your idea? And then the last question that I would want to ask you, if, if it was just me and you sitting down, I would say, okay, when are you, when are you going to start? <laughs> you know, assuming that we have answers to the four questions that preceded this question, uh, when are you going to start? Because the enemy of creativity is I'll do it tomorrow. That really is the enemy. Now, uh, you're probably not ready to do this idea actually like right now. So there is going to have to be some planning. There's going to have to be some cultivating your idea. You're going to have to talk to some people. You're going to have to figure it out. If you want to write a book, there's a big proposal you got to do. I mean, all that stuff. Um, but um, I, I would want to ask you, okay, reasonably then, give me a date. Like, you know, figure it out. What plans do you have to make? What conversations do you have to have? What clarifying do you have to do? But when are you going to start doing that work? Like, if you have to have a conversation with your spouse about this idea, when when's that going to happen? Give, give me a date. If you have to do a little more research on how much this costs or that costs or if it involves taking a couple classes, all right, uh, when are you going to get concrete data about when those classes are, how much they cost, uh, who else has done this? Etc. 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 So um, those are the five questions, gang. Uh, and I would, uh, you know, what's your idea? Why do you have to do it? Who's it going to delight? How are you going to create space to cultivate your idea? And number five, when are you going to start? Because the any the enemy of creativity really is tomorrow. So here's. I, I hope this is helpful. I hope this really helps you clarify your idea. But here's, here's what I want to do, because I want to take this one step further. Um, I'm assuming that some of you listening uh, actually have an idea. And you even, I mean, you really could answer the first three questions. Like if we were going to sit down, I mean, you, you, you know, like you're, you're like, okay, I don't know if it's going to work or not, but, but I do have the answers to those three questions. Um, I'm not even sure. I'm not sure about four and five, but numbers one, two, and three, I got it. Here's, here's what, I would, or what I'd like to do. Uh, the first five people that really can answer um, these three questions, I want you to send me an email with a brief of like just a, two or three sentences on each one of those questions. Just the first three. What's your idea? Give me, you know, give me a brief description. Why do you have to do it? Tell me about it. Uh, two or three sentences. And then who's it going to delight? Again, two or three sentences. If you're if you don't want to write it, send me a video. Send me a video of you answering the questions yourself. And then the first five people to do this, um, I'm going to set up a Google Hangout with us. We're going to talk for a couple hours together. We're going to share our ideas with each other. I'll share my project that I'm working with you on, and we're going to get we're going to get clarity, even more clarity on the idea, on why you have to do it, on who is it going to delight and what the next steps are that you need to take. So it'll be a couple hours of six of us just hanging out, hearing the ideas. It'll be a no shame zone, no guilt zone. 
Uh, it'll be every idea um, uh, really is a good idea. Um, and that idea can get crisper, can get better. So uh, email me at steve, S-T-E-V-E, at Steve Weens. Weens is spelled W-I-E-N-S dot com. Give me your answers to those first three questions. What's your idea? Uh, why do you have to do it? And who's it going to delight? You can write those out or you can send me a, a video of yourself doing it. And the first five people that actually do that, we're going to set up a Google Hangout and we're going to talk. So it's going to be great. It's going to be amazing. Uh, thanks, everybody. I hope this was really helpful. I hope uh, you have a sense now that you can do this idea or maybe that your idea is really good, but it needs some more honing. That's great. That's fine. Um, I hope this inspires you to get out there and do it. So in it together, gang, uh, we're dust and breath. We're limited and limitless. We're human and holy, and we are in it together. Thanks so much for listening. You can follow me on Facebook at Steve Weens Author, Twitter at Steve Weens, and Instagram at Steve Weens. And you can find all my work, all my books, the show notes, all kinds of other fun stuff on my website, steveweens.com. And please consider supporting me on Patreon. Lots of fun benefits for all levels of patrons. Check it out at patreon.com slash this good word.